Hi, my name is Dr. Kermakt and I'm Chief Medical Officer at HealthAid. At HealthAid, we're interested in health optimization and improving our performance in whatever we choose to do. Today, on HealthAid Chats, I will be talking to Matt Hind and Connor Novacek from Prime Health and Performance. They have created a bespoke sports science agency that works with boxers at a national and international level, optimizing their nutrition, leading into the weigh-in, and ultimately fight night. Information in this video is relevant to boxers, martial artists, and MMA athletes. I hope you find it interesting and for some valuable content about how you can optimize your nutrition to improve your performance in whatever combat sports you do. Thank you. So, all right, so I mean, the topic I just wanted to talk to you guys about today was um, obviously you guys work in boxing and you worked with a few high profile athletes. Um, and I wanted to kind of put myself in the shoes of a, an athlete who would work with you, who potentially has a fight in a few weeks time, let's say, you know, start at the start of uh, a boot camp. Um, from a nutrition point of view, what is the process that you would go through to identify where that fighter is, what they need to do, and then how they progress moving forward? You've got to start with their target weight, so where they where they've got to go to really with that essentially. So um, where they're at, where they where they where they want to get down to. Um, you've then got to think about the yeah the the time frame um, and how much they've realistically got to lose in terms of their overall body composition. You know we've had quite a few different fighters come to us where some might have a little bit more to lose in terms of fat loss, some might have, have a little less to lose, and the more you reduce their weight, the more you risk muscle mass reduction as well. Um, so everyone is very context specific, but we can we can go into um, kind of how we break down the um, cycles. So um, you'd have a few initial weeks where it might be fat loss, um, and then those those fast final weeks before you get into a fight, you're looking at more actual weight loss. Um, the big thing to try and distinguish between is weight loss does not equate to fat loss all the time. What we tend to have is, is we have a toolkit when it comes to, to weight loss. You know, we have things that we want to try and do with, with the athletes. So yes, fat loss is, is going to be optimal because they're optimizing their power to weight ratio. They're able to, to feel lighter on their feet. That's how we want to we want to go about things. But let's say let's say for instance they're six weeks out, week um, week one to four of that might be fat loss, where we're trying to get them in a calorie deficit. So we, we we're working out the amount of calories they're they're consuming, the amount of calories they're burning, and we're making sure they're at least two hundred to four hundred calories under what they're um, what they what they they need. Um, that's going to help with our, with our general fat loss. We're going to keep the protein intake nice and high. Um, we'll probably we'll probably keep a moderate amount of fats in there because it is good for your health to keep in your, your fats because we're thinking about um, fat-soluble uh, vitamins and minerals that are going to be really important during those, those times towards the final parts of a, of a, of a fight camp and the fullness as well. Because when you've got that yeah. deficit in, you're having certain um, fat options like for instance, we, we recommend the salmon towards the yeah. later evening. It just keeps that fullness for a little bit longer as well. Starting point, what, what are the metrics that you're measuring at the outset initially? So initially, the, the easiest one to measure is going to be body weight. Okay, we can, we can depending on um, how con consistent they are, we, we work from about 30 days out do like to try and get a body weight at least every other day. What we're then doing is we want to take the weekly average body weight and compare that to the weekly average body weight of the next week. Because body weights in isolation don't mean much. No. We want to see that trend. Because you're still over it, still over a fairly long term period. We want to look at body weight. We're then also looking into um, how they're feeling is actually a really big one. So mm -hmm. we'll ask general questions and kind of rate them out of 10 when it comes to things like training, how you're training feeling, like how are your energy levels, how's your fatigue. Because the last thing you want to do is, is, is bring them down 
uh, too aggressively. So you, you've taken too many calories out of the diet so that they can't perform in training. So we're, trying, we're still trying to optimize that performance by getting the right balance for sort of the amount of calories in. Uh, but for good for good training, but um, still burning the right amount that you're, you're losing the fat. And there's the science behind it, like from that perspective, but also what we like to kind of keep real with, with the athletes are there's certain things that the spouse don't show, like Matt said, how you're feeling, the progression yeah. you're making in training, sparring, more. There's so many things that don't show, like it's a number. So, what we like to already at the start is don't get fixated on the weight. Like, this is this is what we do. Leave, leave, leave the weight, leave anything worrying like that to us. Because, uh, mm. again, I mean, we're going up a different angle, but again, that's a weight off their shoulders. The represent, we, we say first thing in the morning, after they've been to the, to the toilet, that's an accurate representation of where they're going to, the position they're going to be in come, come weight day. So what we do is we take that each morning, if we can, over the, the week, and, we, and we've got the trajectory from there. Um, and that's kind of the angle we, we go off. We don't like to put a big emphasis on it, but it does really help when it comes to the progress. So we know, for argument's sake, if the weight isn't moving, we know that we can, for argument's sake, take maybe some carbohydrates out the diet. But then we want to know how they're feeling when we make that decision as well. So there's okay. things that come into, into play. It really is quite diverse. And that can that can be as simple as just saying, yeah, how are you feeling out of 10? That can be measured okay. from week to week. Um, other things, if we're, if we're lucky enough or we can get the athletes to us or we can travel to them, we'll, we will do um, body composition testing, test body fat percentage. Um, and we can take that from the start of the camp towards, towards midway through the camp, we can do another one, check that body fat's coming down and that lean weight by muscle mass that we want to keep. So, yeah. um, with, with body composition testing, are you do, doing it with calipers or are you just doing it um, with machine electronically or just on scales or something? So we go through calipers. So, so we've got the ability to, to, to go to people and offer that as a service in terms of skinfold calipers. Um, what, we, what we do say though, if you, if you haven't got the option to, to or the privilege to go, and, to go and get that from someone, that using something like those scales from home, yes, they might not be as accurate to the, to the um, absolute value of your fat mass, but if you can look at it relatively. So let's say you get on, for instance, and it's 22% body fat. You come, come and use the same scales at the same sort of time, in the same place, in the right. same place and it's reduced, then you know that you have reduced body fat. Okay. Yes, it might not be the exact amount, but relatively, you know it's come down. And I think as well, when it comes to particular fighters making particular weights, um, even though as a single service, for, for instance, we can offer that body composition analysis, we, we that doesn't that that's not unlimited kind of scope. We we know that dextra analysis is another option, is as as accurate as, as you can possibly get in that respect. So if we really wanted somebody comes to us and goes, we want to make this particular weight, and we want to make sure that they can one hundred percent make it, and we know exactly what they're made up of, uh, we can have a look into the kind of the finer details that skinfold calipers, other machinery won't be able to tell us. Um, it then gives us a perfect idea of again what we need to do and if we can do it because if they if somebody comes to us and goes can i make this way and we're like yeah of course we can it, it again that's it's, it's not the best situation to be in if, if it turns out not to be the case tell me a bit more about this other analysis you were talking about it's a dextro analysis is it yeah dextro analysis so it's not something that we, we necessarily uh possess but it's definitely something that we have the option of using um it, it's essentially like a dual x-ray that again it it's usually used for people, I mean, osteoporosis. It's, it's, osteoporosis. Yeah, it's a, it's a bone density measure that then indirectly also measures body fat levels as well. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, but it has, it is the gold standard within the industry of, of measuring body fat. Okay. Um, so that that would be, it, it, it'd be a really good way, yeah, to understand the amount of fat. We had one of them. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it would, <laughs> it would, but they are they are hard, hard to get hold of. And yeah. you've got certain companies like Bodyscan, We've got a link to body scan. Yeah. We utilize their services when we need to send an athlete there. Yeah. Um, and other 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 people that haven't sent universities and hospitals, really, you know, it's quite a quite expensive bit of kit. You've got to make do with what you've got. Do you look at what their current diet is like at the moment and then identify where their needs are to try and get them to where they need to be? Yeah, absolutely. We, 
need that. We we usually ask what we can, what, before we get into a bike camp and somebody comes to us, we, we would say, well, can we see uh, a most honest and accurate representation of what you've been eating uh, over the last four to seven days, I think you would say, so we can see what a normal week would look like. And nine times out of ten, they're not eating enough, uh, they're not eating at the right time. So what we like to do with the information provided is get them to fill out uh, a consultation form, uh, give us the information that we're asking from them. If we need to go back to them to get more detail, then we can. And then we can formulate a nutrition diet plan, a fluid intake plan around what it is that we need them to kind of stick to over a certain time period. And then we can also keep track of the weight and create a weight trajectory to see exactly where we need them for each week, all the way up until the weigh-in and post-weigh-ins as well. Because a lot of people think, oh, you make the weight, that's it. It's not. It's so important that everything's stuck to, to the book. Uh, we, we don't, it has to be, and most because of university ways, but it has to be to, to, to the point. We have to make sure, right, this is at this time, this is at uh, another time. Uh, and, and again, the, the job isn't really done by making the weight. It's all the way up to, to the point by itself. And then, so uh, the first four weeks you're saying is typically fat loss, for argument's sake. So, in terms of uh, the composition of what you're recommending they're eating, what, what are the things that you're, you're, you recommend in terms of the carbs, protein, the fats? What kind of percentages are you talking about? And also, is is there um, uh, is there an issue with the timing of when you eat the food as well? So there's there's some, there's some big things there. So. We, when we come in with a recommendation, so we'll, we'll work out an estimated amount of calories that they need um, per day. You can do that via um, a general resting metabolic rate equation. Um, we, use, um, we use that to gauge the amount of total calories they need. Once you've done that, all you need for that is you need age, height, weight, and your general activity levels. Okay. Once, once you've decided those, and there are calculators online to do this, once you've once you found that, you need to take off about 400 to 500 calories. That's going to put you in that deficit. From that point, we've got our target calorie intake. Once we've got the target calorie intake, we'll break that down into the macronutrients that they need. You said about the proportions yourself, Carl. So yep. um, instead of going for percentages, we go by grams per kilo yep. of body weight. So, for, so we'll start with protein. So protein intake will go between 1.6 and 2 grams per kilo. Sometimes you may a little bit higher. Yeah, well. yeah, if, if needs be. Yeah. So, so I'd say to, for a general pullback, 2 grams per kilo is going to be more than enough for most okay. people. Work that out, you per, so grams per, per kilo of your body weight. We'll then do the same with, with fats, and we'll aim for 1 gram per kilo of body weight. Okay, so a little, little bit less. Um, and then the rest of the, the rest of the um, calorie allowance will come from your carbohydrates, which okay. is, is you'll take off the protein and the fat and the total daily calories, and you get your the carbohydrate recommendation there. Well, okay. That being said, as well, in terms of yeah, calculating that way is something that we have used. Uh, there, there are other methods as well. So there's something called um, a metabolic analyzer. That, that we, we, we do have as well, which again, essentially, without going into too much detail, calculates uh, the oxygen consumption and generates a report and tells us exactly to the T what, how many uh, calories you would burn um, for that particular, it's about 20, 30 minutes, is it the test? Yes. Is yeah. that really? I mean, it, it gives us such a, it, it's gold standard, it's going back to that dextrin analysis again, it's <laughs> this is how many calories you need for you for this particular um, scenario. So the analyzer can be used not just for a resting metabolic rate, but it can also be used in other situations, VO2 max test, uh, submax test. It could be they use it uh, for a boxing session and we can gauge essentially what they would do for that particular workout instead of again leaving it to the calculations. So not the guesswork is it, it is a lot of there's a lot of calculations, but again it's that accuracy, it's that fine margins because these fine margins Again, equal long-term gain, and that's what we have seen in quite a lot of the athletes through through these approaches. So, with this met, with this metabolic analysis, you, you can actually get them to, to spar or to to, to to fight and measure their calorific 
what how much they're burning off or how many calories they need to to actually achieve. Well, yeah, but that question would it be that's, a far? That's the one. That's the one limitation of these estimation equations. So they don't take into consideration that somebody might have a faster metabolism or slower metabolism. Right. So between us, we had a disparity. There was a, one had one had a faster and one had a slower. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to guess either. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, you've been impartial. But but that way, it was we saw there was a quite a big difference in the amount of calories. Um, so this this mask gives us the chance to go that extra level of accuracy. Yeah. Once you've got your calories, well, I like to see it as a pyramid. Once you've got your calorie intake, you can then work out your macros, which is your carbs, fats, and your proteins. From there, it's going back to what you were saying about timings. Mm-hmm. So that would be your third level of the pyramid. So you've, you've put your foundations in, your calories are right, your macros are right. You then need to go and work out like when am I going to have these foods? Right. So Let's take, for instance, let's say we've got an athlete who's training after work, yeah. which we have quite a lot, so a 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. period. You're training later in the evening, you want to have your fats towards the start of the day okay. as a way of, um, of helping you feel fuller for longer throughout the day. Fats take a little bit longer to digest. So when we're having the fats around training, it can make us feel a little bit sluggish. Maybe the, the meal feels a bit heavy on the stomach, and it's the last thing we want. Hmm. So, so we want to we want to prioritise fats towards the start of the day to keep them away from, from training. We'll break down breakfast. So breakfast, that for instance, like that could be like overnight oats with some peanut butter. Peanut butter is a great one to go for. Um, an omelette or scrambled eggs in a, in a bagel can be a really, really good option there as well, which is going to have your fats and your proteins to keep mm-hmm. that, that meal at the start of the day. Towards the middle of the day, it might be a case of getting some more carbohydrates in because you're starting to load up your carbohydrates, maximize your muscle glycogen stores. Your glycogen is your storage of carbohydrates you end up within the muscle. Once you, once you maximize those, you're ready to go into the session. Um, but that lunchtime might be a little bit higher fiber. You might have you might have couscous, you might have quinoa, <laughs> stuff that's might take a little bit longer to digest, and, but it's like sustainable. Exactly. Kind of get them through the day. Because oh, some, exactly. some people have um, for instance, some people might have university, some people might have quite strenuous labored jobs, like it's important that we take all of that into, into consideration because that will be the difference between a good session and a bad session, depending on the day that they're having. How they, how they build up is, is everything. Yeah. Then when you're getting towards training, let's say you're 60 to 90 minutes out of training, that might be quite close for some people. You've got to work this out for yourself, whether mm-hmm. it comes down to how far you need to eat away from training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some fighters, they don't eat. No. Sometimes they can, we've got fighters that can just eat, uh, for instance, uh, a, a bagel uh, with, with some jam, some peanut butter, from straight, straight in the gym, no problems at all. Where others need a little bit longer to adjust, depending on their gastrointestinal comfortability with how they've done it in the past. But what you, want to, what you want to focus on there is going for your, for your high glycemic index foods. They're, they're the ones okay. that are mainly made up of your simple sugars. Yep. So if you're like, as, as Connor said, bagel and jam, your know, jams, your sugars, your, your white bread is really easy to, um, to, to digest. Mm-hmm. Not going to sit heavy in the stomach. It's, it's not a bagel, it could be a crumpet, it could be my favourite is to go to a hot and hot barn. Hot and honey oh, yeah. is so good. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> and, and low fibre as well. Low, low fibre, really good. Yeah. Really well. awesome. So again, they tie into that uh, as well. Squares bar is a popular, a popular one um, before a session. Banana, uh, ripe banana as well. There's this, mm. A lot of it is essentially these are the foods that you can have. These are the foods we can have at certain times. It's, it is literally sometimes a bit nip and tuck around. Some fighters will go, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But some fighters will go, well, can actually, I can I have it at this time? Yeah. It suits me better. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as you're eating it and as long yeah. as you feel like you're going to get in a ring and it's not going to put you at a, 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 in a bad uh, bad way. So, it, 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 it's, again, it's, a, it's a, around the athlete to a certain degree. And, and it's interesting you mentioned the high glycemic index. Food. So is that to give them a spike of sugar to give them the energy to to perform during that training session? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're also partnering that with, so it's not just it's not just pure high GI foods. You've still okay. got still got the bagel um, and a little bit a little bit of peanut butter is okay. Let me say smooth as well. Yeah, Again, that's it. Or yeah. So and, and this is quite similar to how we would go about fight with as well. So this is where we would say to athletes, right in when it comes to the acute strategies of getting that little bit more uh, weight up, we'll bring in a low fiber approach. We'll bring in other strategies to kind of help okay. that. But they also work in other areas of, of, of fight camp as well. So when it comes to the fight week, when we've already used certain foods during it, they're already used to having it, yeah. they're accustomed to it, and it's like, this is where you can go, right, well, this is what we've had before a session, but this is actually what we can also have the fight week as well. So they feel like they're not even dieting or cutting the weight because they're sticking to things that they are normal, nothing's really okay. changed. Okay. Then after, after the session, we're looking at trying to refuel, rehydrate. Yeah, because we've got four hours of recovery, isn't it? Refuel, rehydrate, rest, and repair. repair. Yeah. Repair. Um, so with those, you're going to want to get a high protein, high protein sourcing. Increases <laughs> NPS, also photosynthesis, which is again so you start the rebuilding yeah. process. Um, we're thinking about carbohydrates as well. You want to get a good, a good serving of carbohydrates in there. Um, yeah, pastas, rice, potato. Those sort of things are really good there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also making sure yeah, you're rehydrating as well. So at least 500 mils of water, depending on what you're doing. Might be good to throw some a, a little electrolyte tab in there. So we're coming up to summer, people are going to be sweating a lot more. Well, yeah, well, yeah, not at the moment. Maybe a little bit over the summer, but um, later on. Um, I think yeah, yeah. the rehydration process, it, it, it does come down to as well the intensity of the session because I think we've had instances where if, I don't know, for argument's sake, it, it, it's, some gyms have different names for it and they might have uh, a morning where it's killer sprints or they might have, they, they call it different things, but if a session is quite, we're looking at quite long in terms of two to three hours, that's where suggestions like carb gels yeah. would come yeah. into play for liquid forms where they can get that fuel from as well. Even even just a little sport. Look at sport is a little bit of a, a little bit of a hack for just going in co off and buying buying a little sport. It's got your sugars in that they're gonna be needed and easily digested. Um, and it's still coming with that water as well. Help with that quick and My favourites are definitely Lucas Ace's first bar. I mean you mentioned the electrolyte tablets. I mean my obviously my own personal concern whenever I when I whoever I exercise is are you gonna take too much electrolytes you can take too little electrolytes you know or is your body just going to adapt to it if you take a tablet and there's too much sodium in there your body will adapt or too much potassium in there your body will will get rid of it i mean what's well it's also listening to your body at the same time we say general rule of thumb if you're thirsty then drink it's hard to really pinpoint well essentially how many calories how much fluid you would need throughout the day we obviously have different uh, recommendations for different athletes depending on their size, gender, etc. Um, but when it comes down to the fluid intake, if you really, really wanted to go into to the, the depth of the sodium loss during sessions or just throughout the day and, and, and recommended fluid intake, you've kept the depth. There are tests out there, there are. Um, but we we found that when looking at the research, there isn't a significant difference or a huge difference between. Um, the composition of sweat, not to make a big enough difference to tailor your um, your approach too much. Um, your things like your electrolyte tabs, if you also have some electrolyte tabs and a little bit extra salt on, on food, you're going to be fine there. With that. Okay. Um, with, with that said, if you do have a little bit too much, then yeah, there are there are one of the processes that will be able to Okay. All right. Um, and then so um, so so that's your aiming to get the fat loss in the first four weeks. And then after that, what's a what's a plan over the next couple of weeks? So then you you dealt you got all you got all your cards still. You've got tricks that you want to play. Once we once we've gone through the fat loss phase, we tend to go into what Connor mentioned earlier, and that would be your low fiber. So we found that we can get we we can get roughly one to two kilos off from low fiber diets, low residue diets. It, it's essentially because, because those low fiber foods, high fiber foods take a little bit longer to digest. 
can end up being in the body for a little, little bit longer. Gut cleansing. Gut cleansing. So essentially, the speed at which food passes through the body a bit quicker. Um, might be going to the toilet a little bit more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been polite. It's been yeah. polite. <laughs> um, which means that you can clear the system of any of any excess re- residue, excess deposits, and um, and that can help to lose a little, little bit of the weight. Okay. Then, then we've also got sodium reduction. Yeah. So we'll try and minimise sodium where we can within so the body. It's around five hundred. Under under five hundred milligrams. Yeah. yeah. And where that yeah. is enough to sustain your health, but it's not. It, it, it's going to minimise any water retention. Okay. So we'll, we'll be able to make sure that there's no sub, minimal subcutaneous water. Mm-hmm. Um, so water that, that is in between, in between the tissues, and um, it can help to help to lose about about half to one kilo, if, okay. depending on whether the person's having a lot of salt or, or not. And what you can find is a dietist to put more salt on foods. Yeah, yes. and, and yeah. some some athletes will, will want that more um, as well, uh, whether whether they actually need it or they don't. We've seen that as well, and also there's reduction in, in carbohydrates as well. So. Depending again on what weight they're at, um, when you get to a fight week, the training is usually tapered. They're not doing much. We've we've now in a position where we've had the opportunity to be involved with events where there's media, there's uh, interview obligations. So um, again, it can be quite mentally draining for an athlete, but in terms of what they're doing, it's again, they're on their feet quite a lot. So, you want to find a balance between taking the carbohydrates away you need, because uh, again, with the carbohydrates comes water as well. Yep. Um, and so then, much. yeah, but them also not feeling lethargic and, 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 and fatigued in any way. So, sometimes we've been in a position where we go down as low as 50 gram yeah. carbohydrates if, if we need to if we need to but this, this is maybe even once this, this is this is where we're getting to the point that you you maybe bring that in if you weren't if you weren't at the right way you wanted them to be yeah it's a slight little yeah so we're, we're talking we're talking 10 days out here 10, 10 days out to a week out you might be like okay we're not quite where we wanted to be we missed our target for the final week so we're going to bring you down to low carb for four or five days we're, we're minimizing, we're, we're trying to reduce liver and muscle glycogen because those mm-hmm. are those stores of, of, of carbohydrate in the body. Um, this is all with the intent of then refueling and replacing it once we get past the weight. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's, it's maximizing that, back to maximizing that weight. Absolutely. And like, carrying on from what Matt said, if we're going to say 10 days out, um, we're at a particular weight, but we, we want to, and we've been with them before, like you would say, we've done like, let's say two or three camps with them. We know if we get to that, get them to that particular point, we know that two days out from weigh-ins, if they're around a particular weight, we know if we need to bring the sodium down, if we know if we need to bring carbohydrates down, we know if we need to uh, maybe bring low fiber in two days out, we know that from prior data, that's what they need to make that's a particular weight as well. After we, um, Manipulated those variables, we've still got a few we can we can go into. Um, one big one is is water. So we were talking about reducing muscle glycogen, which will reduce in the water retention anyway. It's it's it's, it's a long and similar process. So um, it could be that if the person's let's say they're half a kilo off their weight um, that they need to be at on the on the day, you'd maybe look at halving their regular water intake, and that would be enough. See them, see them continue the continue the weight loss. But if it's a bit more, <laughs> yeah, we have seen, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. We've we've seen other athletes where Bride would say, and not, not not just us in terms of who we've worked with. I've seen it with studies as well. Again, it comes back to that maximizing that weight category. Um, so what I can say, they'll be five days out. Um, they'll start uh getting the athlete to drink. Uh, it's usually 100 millilitres per kilogram of body weight. So let's, oh, maths, not very, not, not my strongest point. Uh, let's say they're 80 kg. So what you do is you, you use the equation uh, around 8 litres of, of water per day. Uh, it sounds like a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. 
uh, that we, their best friend will be the toilet, especially if they're not used to it. But what we would usually say with a strategy like this, if we're going into a fight count where we think it would be necessary, is right, we need uh, a period uh, weeks away from a fight camp to, to, to try to, yeah, to try it, to see essentially if it fits or works for them. Um, so you'd have about three days of that maximum fluid intake. And then what we would do is we would cut that down on, so you'd have day one, day two, day three, and then we would look to cut it down the day after that. And then what we would look at is a complete restriction when it comes to the way in day itself. Okay. Because what we would, uh, well, about 15, 15 millilitres per kilo. So you go from 100 millilitres per kilo down wow. to 15. What and that's just for 24 hours then, that's cool. Yeah. 24 hours or it might be um it might be 24 hours and then up to the up to the way so maybe another, okay. another six or seven um, okay. of that morning the reason we do that is we're seeing an increased production of urine so right. if, we're, if we're regularly having that and the body's adapted over a couple of three three four days to okay that it's an increased production of urine what you're then looking for is you then cut the water, and once you've cut the water, you're still retaining that bodily process of, of urine production to, again, remove any subcutaneous water. That's essentially the, the, um, the idea and the, and, and the theory there to see to, to help bring the, bring the weight down. I've seen it work first time. We were, we were preparing for a weight class. It was a cruiserweight uh, uh, limit. Uh, hmm. But then they were buying actually another patchway um, because within boxing there's certain there's certain rules regulations from British British uh, boxing border control that say you have to be at a certain weight to fight at a certain category. So um, we were preparing for a completely different weight category and we had to flip it uh, to a new one. So it was essentially go. I think we were trying to make 91 and then we had to make 88. It was and that was less than two days' notice. So that was when it was appropriate to go, right, let's use these acute uh, weight strategies and see from there where we can go with... So it was, it was at least 3.1 kilos in loss. Right. Yeah. Um, in and a very short space of time. And, and, and all of it goes back on. All of it goes back on. And the thing is, none of, none of that is fat loss. Okay, just fluids. And, and that's, that's the difference between those long-term fat loss strategies. See, yeah, those acute weight loss strategies. Yeah, because it's unsustainable. It's, it's an unsustainable yeah. approach. It's essentially a way of us being able to go right. This is what we can do. To, uh, this is what we can strip you to, and then we've got enough time to refuel and put it all back on. Okay. So and it did. Oh, max ninety one. I think you. I think it was even higher. Well, probably was. Was After the refuel, after again, because even though, for argument's sake, we had to change, adapt, and change what our plan was. But we, we like to stick to a plan. We know our athletes. The athletes we work with, we know very well. We have a lot of data on them. And we know exactly what they need at what time. So when we have to change something like that, it, 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 it's, uh, it's not stressful. I was stressed. But, I can imagine it would but, be quite stressful. But when we do it properly, when it's done properly, and, 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 and it's, the plans are agreed, it's, it, not much changes in terms of the post-refuel. Maybe a little bit more emphasis electrolyte. Uh, yes. Electrolyte, uh, I can't say the word, glucosides or an electrolyte drink uh, for the first 90 minutes, two hours, and then we would then bring back in carbohydrates, uh, yeah, solid foods uh, to go from there. Again, that comes down to the preference and, and the athlete, but usually after a weigh-in, they love food. And, also, and, and in, ter yeah. in terms of the water loading, I mean, are there not are there some risks associated with giving them that much water in you know three four days? There are there are potential risks to hyponatremia. Yeah, it's not Hy properly. Hyponatremia is the essentially low, um, seriously low levels of sodium within <clears throat> within uh, within an athlete. And we have had one example of where um, where they they started to go down the route of hyponatremia, and we were able to spot it before it got there. And we spotted that through it, it's through that constant communication. So we're we're at we're at a stage here within the within the fight camp where they have, they are high risk strategies, especially the, especially the water loading. Um, we spoke to the athlete and he was like, "I'm feeling I've got headaches. I'm feeling quite fatigued. Mm -hmm. um, I'm feeling really lethargic. I haven't felt like this all camp. I don't quite understand what's happened." Um, 
and after after consulting, it was like, right, what we've got to think about what changes you've made. Um, and after consulting it, we, we definitely put it down to to the water and taking the changes in the salt. Um, at, at, at that point, yeah, we do look to reduce the water intake. Okay. We can't, we can't be pushing, we can't be pushing that. So I think with that instance as well, it, it I think there was that when you kind of look back and you, and you assess, it, there's there's other reasons for why people may feel a certain way. But when you when there's indicators of certain things, that's when you go right, increase this and do that. And I think you did what a couple of hours. It's like, oh no, I feel alright. Yeah, that, we, we, we can't be honest, but it goes back to those how how you're feeling out of ten. Yeah. So we. Yeah. We ask him how he's feeling out of 10, he's like, I feel five out of 10, I feel rubbish, I feel sluggish. And, and I suppose that it, it also highlights the need to work with people like yourself who know what you're doing and know what you're talking about with these high risk strategies, not to kind of oh, take those on, on your own. You hear some horrible uh, stories, and again, like, we're, we're always learning on what we're doing in terms of, uh, especially with combat sports, we've got quite a lot of experience in it now. Um, the athletes that we've had the pleasure of working with, we've been through. They've given us the opportunity to kind of, you know, showcase what we can do and the potential we can we can bring to them in terms of their performance and, and how to make weight properly. And, and like I said, a lot of these acute strategies that we've used were more probably towards the start of when we were doing it. But again, like you said, you grow, you're, you're that like fighters do, so they get better and better each fight. We, we're, every athlete we work with, we seem to be able to kind of utilise and find different strategies to... You, you learn you learn about that athlete and you learn what, what works and what doesn't work and then and then that's, that really is separating it from the recommendations you might get in a, in a research paper and real life um yeah. it's a big learning curve that we that we both have um i've been you know i've, I've been a nutritionist myself for four, for four years now and we are with this we've been i've been working more in terms of general fat, fat loss and muscle gain with clients and this has provided a new a whole new perspective to those finer details okay. and yeah. how important it is to test and trial these with, with athletes first um, and, and you can you can optimize it but it does take that does take that time and that trust yeah oh the trust is massive the trust is massive you could you can work with somebody for for a full camp, and then if, if again ultimately if they if they feel they've benefited and, and got better as a result, they 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 will stay with you and, and, and continue that. But it, a lot of it is is again it comes down to especially at the start of when you're doing it, it comes down to learning, adapting, and understanding truly what 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 it is you need to do as a performance nutrition, making sure if, if there's a performance nutritionist out there that says I haven't made a mistake, then but. Um, it, it's those mistakes that again kind of help you grow and, and I mean it's been amazing the last last year yeah, yeah absolutely amazing um, okay. some, of the, some of the things we've been involved in some of the opportunities we've had and, and the athletes we get to work with I mean that uh, I haven't got a bad thing to say about any single one of them some of the most hard working dedicated talented people that I've, I've, I've been fortunate to meet and you meet some incredible people along the way as well brilliant I mean, it, it just a uh, just a question on um, on any supplements. Do you recommend any supplements during during a training camp at all? Things oh, like yeah. caffeine, creatine, nitrates, that kind of stuff, or, or not? Yeah, where, where do where do you want to start? We'll start with the easy one. So, yep. I wouldn't even call whey protein a supplement. We we look at it from our perspective as a convenient high protein food choice. Because we're not looking at the mic, we're not looking at the micronutrients there. We're looking at a convenient way to get lots of macronutrients. In. Yeah. So it's another it's another convenient sweet protein choice. But we always make sure that anything like that is coming from an informed sport um, background. Um, so where everything's batch tested and the the, um, the actual um, the each individual batch is is, is, is tested for any any uh, contamination that might come. Manufacturers. When you then look into other supplement areas where you're looking to gain that extra couple of percent, uh, big one we're using at the moment, beta alanine. Mm. That a lot with with, um, with with fighters. A lot a lot of people might know it as a as a something that's used within 
pre-workout to give you that tingles. Mm-hmm. Like Paraphernalia. We don't actually want the tingles. Mm-hmm. Tingles isn't isn't a good thing. It's just they put in a lot of pre-workouts just for the stimulation that you get those tingles. That's that's essentially the nerves telling you you, you, you have too much of the um, of, of the supplement. Okay. Um, Beta-alanine is converted into, into carnosine, and it sits within the muscle. Um, and once it sits within the muscle, um, it, it makes it produces a more alkaline environment in the muscle. So as we work and as we train, we get more fatigued and, and, and we produce more um, lactate, lactic acid, mm. and that, that starts to accumulate more and making it a more acidic environment. That's when we feel the fatigue. Yes. If, you, if you start your training at a more alkaline uh, level, you can then transition through that neutral phase for a little bit longer, so you're mm. prolonging your fatigue. Right. The way you supplement with it accurately is we're looking for we're looking for at least um, four doses of one point six or one point five. One point in the loading phase, one point five grams. The loading phase. That. Again, research would probably take four to six weeks, but we would definitely say. Six weeks. That's it. Uh, six weeks. Staying at, staying at six weeks. And it's a long-term supplement, and you shouldn't feel those tingles. You might feel them at first. You might yeah. feel a few, few tingles um, because it's a new supplement in the body, but you should, your body should adapt to it. Um, and then after that six-week period, you can go for a maximum of about 20 weeks. That's just a maintenance dose, one to two grams per day. And that will just keep those, those carnosine levels, the muscle carnosine levels, topped up the body. So it, it, and then after so 20 weeks you should stop that supplement or yes yeah all, all supplements really really should have a cycle phase and does that include does that include whey protein as well should be cycled we're not we're not classing whey protein in as a supplement <laughs> fair enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that's, a, that's why but there's, there's other, other um proteins that we would like casein so you coming back to the, the timing of particular supplements as well so when it comes to the whey protein a lot of our athletes for instance they, they tend to like uh, overnight oats with, with the whey protein within that to get the, get the protein up in the morning uh, especially some of our uh, bigger athletes uh, higher weight class athletes uh, sometimes they can find it or have found it hard to get their protein intake to a certain uh, level of, of where it should be so a good a good starting point would be, yeah, it could be an oat smoothie, it could be an overnight oats mixed in all together, you can have a bit of peanut butter, there's, there's so many different ways that you can increase that. And, and you but mentioned like, overnight oats, is, is that oats that you soak overnight and, and eat the next yeah, day? Yeah, and then you'd have for breakfast, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. It. I don't know if that's No, no. <laughs> um, and then with the casein protein, um, we'd be looking to have that towards uh, the evening, uh, and that could be sort of like a free bed. Uh, it could be the go brushers, one of the brushers, isn't it? Well, so we're being told, um, and and that again, it's 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 a slow digestive protein, so it will help again, especially through some of these athletes training between one and three times a day. Uh, it helps again, especially when it comes to uh, recovery through the night. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to to having the casein protein towards the, that last minute of the day. You're trying to minimise catabolism. Yeah, so you've got okay. muscle break, yeah, muscle break, muscle break path. We want to try and minimise that, and that's what casein protein is doing in terms of it's it's, it's slower to digest, mm-hmm. which means you'll get a more sustained release of protein, so you'll get a more um, sustained protein synthesis response. As a, okay. as a and even if for argument's sake, there's, I mean, some athletes don't really like to take too too much in terms of like. Whey protein, casein protein, beta. Mm-hmm. Some of them yeah. like a more natural yeah. um, kind of um, alternative. So that's where you're looking at your dairy products, for instance, like yogurt, like a protein. It could be a protein yogurt, but it could just be a normal Greek yogurt as well. Uh, and, and then we would say, again, you've got to think about uh, gastrointestinal comfortability through the night. Yeah. It's, again, it's trying to find a way for them to, you know, have something that's going to be consistent, uh, kept to a a routine and then they can have it over a fight camp. So supplementate the supplementation strategies are I do differ depending on the, the, the time of the camp, um the kind of overall goals that, that athlete might have or the coaching team might have. 
uh, and the supplements may come in at different parts of the day, depending on what it is we're trying to focus on in terms of i.e. recovery when it comes to the casein and reducing that muscle breakdown for the night. Oh, on recovery as well, another another supplement we use within specifically within tournaments with athletes is something like um, a uh, cherry apple. So, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, it's essentially high high in antioxidants. It's an antioxidant supplement. We're trying to reduce inflammation. Pomegranate juice as well is another one. Just a natural juice again, high high in uh, antioxidants, polyphenols, all real really good anti-inflammatory properties as well. By by reducing inflammation, we're helping to start the start the recovery process in between in between fights essentially. So we wouldn't we wouldn't use that in a five camp row. Okay. Because you want to you're trying to work out the balance between focusing on the athlete's recovery or adaptation. So when you're in when you're in a fight camp, you want to have that um, that stimulus to grow and adapt. So you don't want to have it at that point. You don't okay. want to have it in between fights if you were trying to recover in a, in a tournament. Right. So if you yeah, that, the amateur fighters, yeah. that, that focus has shifted from I, I don't want to grow my muscles at that point. I don't want to I don't want to become more powerful and quicker at that point. I just want to be ready 100 percent for the next fight. Right. So we're we're sacrificing adaptation, but we're prioritizing recovery, which is gonna okay. make you feel better in the short term for that next fight. So that's a, a, a very particular one. And, and then supplements for, for general health. Uh, I mean, the, the question that often goes through my mind is, you know, if these guys have been training for six weeks and they catch a cold two days before they fight, you know, is, is there anything that you would recommend people would take to make sure that they just stay well, physically well, uh, leading up to a fight? Um, big one for our guys at the moment is vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin D is huge we, we that's a foundation it's a foundation supplement that we yeah. ask everyone to have everything from bone health and, and immune function it's, it's, a, it's a big one uh, the multivitamins we, we obviously in terms of the, the diet that we, we give them uh, to go away with and, 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 and stick to they're going to be getting essentially most of what they need through that but mm-hmm. there are again other other uh, vitamins minerals that Certain people could be deficient in, uh, and and naturally are uh, in terms of where we're located in England. We don't see much sun, um, and again, vitamin D is is quite a big one at the moment that we we, we tend to kind of establish and, and use with our, our, our athletes. And there's also other supplements, uh, um, omega three. Yep. So um, we use sure. yeah, we just we, we use that. Uh, most of them do use that anyway, but also the Wise, yeah. It also depends on preference, really, yeah. Because if you can get that in through food, yeah, get it in through food. Some, food yeah. some people don't like the fishy foods, so that's when when an omega three might be a good option. Some, some fish oil, just yeah. one one to two capsules, start of the day, and then one more, one potentially one more if need, if needs to. Yeah. Um, yeah, vitamin D and and multivitamins, and I've got to be honest. Sounds like a plug, but um, I'd highly recommend the one from Nutrition X when it comes to <laughs> the multivitamin. We can sponsor. Um, I wish. I wish. <laughs> yes. So, with the reason for that is you can tend to find ones like let's say like protein, for instance, <laughs> that have a higher amount of some of the cheaper cheaper minerals in them. So let's say, for instance, I've seen uh, they have like two hundred to three hundred percent more vitamin C than you actually need. So okay. Fill out the capsule, right? And then it's lower in things like your iron. So it's yeah. it's like sixty percent, seventy percent of the iron you need. Like, well, what's going on there? Yeah. They're, they're, they're essentially, you want to cover all your bases. Yeah. And Nutrition X will give you one hundred percent of everything you need in every capsule. And that's yeah. the reason they're, they're, we go to them. They're approved as well. They're informed, yeah. sport tested, which again is a huge one with any athlete. Ultimately, if an athlete doesn't want to, then it's completely up to them. But in, I'd say, in all the athletes we're working with, drug testing is a thing, uh, and we want to make sure that our athletes are completely free and clean and have no worry in the world about that. We Again, and that's something where we, we, 
we keep it again really concise with the information that we get from the supplementation um, okay. um, that we use. We, we keep the batch numbers. We we, we keep track of uh, a loading phase or a maintenance phase. Um, it, yeah, it's really important that we keep on top of these things because it's it is a really serious thing. Uh, especially in boxing. And you can end up having a list of six or seven and you're like, well, what am I taking? And I'm going yeah. to put, put them down. So, um, in terms of vitamin D as well, I, I definitely look to cycle that in terms of you'd have a lower dose over the summer, summer, yeah. summer months. And then you'd increase it again, obviously, towards the winter times. Yeah. Um, and again, depending on the individual, like you can have some people that come and go. I've got, I've got, I've had blood tests. I've got a, a, a bit of a D deficiency, and they're already known for that. And then it's about, again, we've seen it where they're up there, they're taking it in the D, but just not enough. And then by the right. those, they feel so much better. Yeah. And a lot of your over-the-counter Holland and Barrett style supplements aren't gonna aren't going to contain the right strength. They're not. They're not high strength. No. Um, for instance, we know somebody was taking everything's measured in, in, well, in international units. Is it 100? Two, 200. 200. So we're taking two, 200 international units. Probably should have been 10 times that amount. Wow. So 2,500 IU is what we then recommended. And that's just for the summer dose? Yeah. Winter dose, okay. um, upwards, maximum, I'd say 4,000 IU. Absolutely. Right. Okay. A day. But that depends again on the situation. And a big one is yeah, is is is, is skin colour and yes. ethnicity. Yeah. yeah. If, if, yeah. if your origins are from a from a lower latitude, if you're in a country like we are, where in, in, in November to um to March you barely see the sun, you're gonna be maybe it's being a little bit Well well yeah, maybe we're all living inside <laughs> quite a lot more home. Yeah. We're all not seeing the sun as much. Basically, when we get one month of summer a year, that's all we get. Yeah. So unless we uh, <laughs> holidays and I don't know, there's a really good you know year where we see a lot more. Even then, it's it's just it's not it's not enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's a nice safe have yeah. for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that means yeah, everyone and anyone. <laughs> and this is the beauty of what we do, Graham, uh, because when it comes to each athlete we work, we've got we mentioned supplementation strategies. We're talking about vitamin D, for instance, uh, with some of the female, uh, with one of the female boxers we work with. One of the big ones is iron. Yeah. Making sure that yeah. we're getting enough iron into the diet as well. So there's so many different um, kind of angles you can go off with these supplements, and it all comes down to where we eventually just sit down and go, right, what's best? What has worked if you worked with them before? What hasn't? Yeah. If they're new, well, let's do this, let's do that. So we yeah. like. We tend to like to have a, a certain amount of time before a camp, but again, it's about adapting as well, going back yeah. to that. And, and back to the communication. Yeah. Do, do you feel better after you've had the supplement? Yeah. Do you feel like you're more energised? Do you feel less fatigued throughout the day? And that's where the out of tens come in again. Yeah. You start to okay. categorise, oh, that actually did work. Yeah. And then so uh, we reached the point where we've done the weigh-in, we've made weight, and then in that post weighing period, what happens then? Uh, get, let them have a Mackie. Yeah, Mackie, Burger King. <laughs> Hot noodles, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> After the, the finest uh, foods. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was saying um, earlier with regards to, like, it's not just about making the weight, it's yeah. then the nutrition after. Yeah, yes. I, I, I could count, I probably need both hands to count how many different people have said, Oh, can I go and get a, a, a Nando's or can I go and get this after the weigh-in? It's like, oh, no, but now we've got to that point where, again, because that many people have asked us about it, we look at that now. I mean, I used to work at Nando's, so I know the menu a little bit, but <laughs> we kind of utilise that. That's one of the things mentally, if they want that after, then we need to adapt something from that menu for them. So we've got things that they can have, like we, we ask for the menu, we ask for them. Uh, ways of kind of getting, giving them what they want, yep. but within our grounds, if that makes sense. So, uh, a couple of hours after the weigh in, we're looking at uh, fluid uh, kind of uh, getting some electrolytes in because you've just lost, you know, you have lost minerals as well. Yeah. Um, especially if, um, if with some of the acute strategies, there's a little bit of, um, of a run needed to get that last bit of water out, 
got mm. no sweat in. Um, also, a little bit sport again. Cancer range as well. Just, just, just try and get the just try and refill refill the, the, the all the um, glycogen so the storage of, of carbohydrates in the muscle we've just lost. Yep. Um, and then about ninety minutes, two hours. That's when you start introducing the foods, and we're keeping it low fiber still. So we're keeping it high glycemic carbohydrates. Yeah keeping it low fiber, we're maximizing those stores, uh, keeping it moderate protein as well, uh, but we want to uh, uh, avoid things like anything processed, anything yeah. fatty, but with anything high fiber, we want to keep those things out. We want to make sure that, again, quickly digestible uh, options are there, uh, and we're just, again, stacking up those stores, making sure that they go into that finite 100% um, to put kind of do what they need to do that's that the main reason for keeping it low fiber is you, you, you've got them feeling light on their feet mm-hmm. why would you yeah. want to run that yeah and you don't want to run that risk again of it feeling heavy and, 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 and sluggish and that's why again delving even deeper into what we do after they win and they and they've done what they needed to do post victory what we would say is right the next day we're going to keep it low fiber but what we'll do is towards the end of that day we'll start introducing some yeah, a little bit of fiber and then building them back up to that because some, okay. some, some people just naturally are a little bit more sensitive that way and yeah better to do it properly and find that and instead of finding out the hard way yeah yeah so and also i suppose you want to, even though you've won the fight and you've got through that there's still what we're thinking about you know what's going to happen in the next few weeks in the next fight um oh, yeah. I mean, you see, you see the photos of some boxers who completely yo-yo between between fights, and I can't imagine that's going to be good in the long term, to be honest. But um, there was there was a study about that, and there is an increased risk of, of potential of um, obesity mm-hmm. long term when when you when you do yo-yo like that. Essentially, it does um, every time that you do yeah. it, it's going to be harder to get down to that weight the next time you do it. You are. A little bit of metabolic damage, or something. yeah, but also as well, another thing is age. Yeah. Some of the people we're working with, they're at that age where they're still, we, we, we'd say, man strength, they're still fitting into to, to that, you know, that prime finished article. Um, so it, it can be harder, but sometimes, again, if other ideas, like again, if, if the, the fighter or the trainer wants to fight a particular way, there's so many. Other other factors that can come in. It re- and this is why I, I love it so much. There's just so many different avenues, so many different uh, ways of, of being able to go into a fight and, and doing things a, a particular way. I mean, we've got fighters. I'm not going to mention any names, but they don't like, for instance, any fruit. So you think you straight away <laughs> vitamins and uh, yeah, uh, and and, and it, I, I I do love my little challenge like that. And and when you work with the athlete, I'm going to you, you find ways of utilizing other, other ways of getting it, other ways of getting it in, but. so the challenges of the job i suppose isn't it and then i think it's indiv- individualizing all your knowledge and putting it in that individual and dealing with them as a as a human being because not everyone is completely built to go i will eat this this and this because this is what's good for me because people like stuff that's bad for them yeah um, my favorite my favorite is when the athletes but all the athletes fortunately they are very honest and, and we like to keep because the last thing you you don't want to get because you're not trust where weight might be lied about we've had people come to us and say oh they've, they've said oh i weighed this but they ne- never actually did so when it comes to a fight week how are you supposed to work a miracle from that so what we say is yeah. we, we kind of you have to be real you have to be honest you have to be like this is us this is what we're about this is what we want to do we do this because we want to see fighters like yourself progress and grow. Um, so when it comes to that human, like the human to human kind of interaction, you, you you've got to be as honest and straight to the point as possible. Um, so for instance, if, if at the start of the camp, I don't know, they've got uh, particular worries or particular things that they do want to focus on, then we take that into consideration and we'll, we'll, we'll try and focus around that. But ultimately, we want them to go right. You come to us. We're going to do the job for you. This is something you don't need to worry about. You just need to stick by us. And if they're if they're not happy with certain things, you just adapt it. It's simple as that. Simple as that. Brilliant. If you want to add anything to that, brilliant. Well, listen, guys. I think that's that's brilliant. To be honest, I think I've learned a lot today. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, Say again. 
Then you can have a fight yourself. <laughs> I may do. I've got a punch <laughs> bag set up now, so uh, I may be a mentor for you guys <laughs> up for a bit of nutrition advice. <laughs> a new <laughs> career. <laughs> <laughs> no chance.